Welcome to Zion Impact Ministries, the local assembly of the Kingdom Community of Believers. As you listen to this message, we pray that God establishes the governing influence of Christ Jesus in your life through fellowship and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Let's just jump into our business for the day. I think I promised the last time that we would read Genesis chapter 1 to chapter 5, right? And by the grace of God, we did chapter 1. So, come bring me my seat. Like I said, we'll sit right here. It's not going to be a preaching. It's going to be what? A teaching. Teaching. So, we are all going to check out our notebooks. So, pick up your notebooks. Just for the sake of those who may not know where we are, we are just going to read the whole of Genesis chapter 1 from verse 1. Right? Let's just read it briefly. I'll make two comments and then we'll continue. Please have your seat. Have your seat in heavenly places. Yes. From verse 1. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me give one comment first. So we are reading this because we want to understand, as we've been doing, right, our um, Renew Your Mind service, which is now, in, I mean, we are going through the new convert class. But then I want to pick it up from Friday, where Apostle left off. The scripture in the, look, in the book of Luke chapter 24 or so, it says that, could you not watch with me one hour, Right? And the Bible says that when Jesus came back to his disciples, he told them, the spirit is what? The spirit is what? Willing. But the flesh is what? Is weak. Now, one of the things that I want, to, I want us to understand, and the reason why we are doing the book of Genesis, is so that we understand the makeup of man. That's the first thing. Because we've been talking about watchfulness. But there is a revelation in that scripture that Jesus said. He says that, could you not watch with me for one hour? What Jesus expected was that their spirit would have been watching. It means that in our discussion, in our preaching about watchfulness, we are not going to have any profit if we think that watching is simply not sleeping. We would have made a mistake. If your definition of watching is the fact that you cannot sleep at night. Then you are not doing the job of watching well. All right, me. So watching is not a matter of, I can't sleep. It's not a matter of, oh, I'm thinking about something. I'm pondering about something. Sleep has been taken away from me. No. Jesus said that, could you not watch with me for what? One hour. And then he says, your spirit was willing to watch. I don't know if you understand it. Your spirit is willing to watch. But then something hindered your spirit from watching. Mm. I know that your spirit is willing to pray. Yes. Should I go there? Your spirit is willing to give, to love, to forgive. Your spirit is willing to stay in the presence of God. I am yours. Jesus. That's what your spirit wants to do. I am yours. But then there's something called the flesh. And you see, because of how we've grown up, many of us automatically think that this body is a cursed thing. However, this is one of the greatest assets. And maybe if we get the time, I would want to differentiate between your body and then the flesh. They are two different things. All right, me. So your body is not, so you know some people, there are some people in, when they become radical, right, then they begin to, 
you know, starve themselves for certain things. You know, they don't go out. I'm not saying that don't do that. There's a path for consecration and separation, right? But then having the mindset that your body is a bag of cares, it's not also the gospel. I don't know if you are with me. We are with you. Some people, I remember one time I prayed to God and said, Father, shut my mind. Like, the way I was thinking, like, I don't want to hear anything. Because I got to realize that, oh, okay, so my spirit is willing. So you take away my, my, my mind. Take away my body away. You know, let's just deal with the spirit. But God will also not do that. As soon as God does that, now, nah, absent in the flesh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, do, you have, do I have a testimony? It's just me. It's just no, me that has that kind of testimony. testimony. Do you understand me? Yes, sir. And like, Father, they like, and then, you know, when you come, sometimes you go into a particular revival personal thing. Even in school, cry, you don't want to go to school. Class, you don't want to go to class. You know, like, just leave me at the altar <laughs> with my father. Like, just leave me at the altar. I remember, I remember, like back then when we KCF used to have all nights on Fridays. My sad time is always when we are ending. Like when we are ending the service. I'm saying that, can, can this service just go? Because that time when we are having all night, it can go all the way to like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. So when I'm saying it's ending, like, I mean, so that's around the 10. And I'm saying, Father, can it just go on? Because you know that as soon as you leave, ee, like you've stepped into a different... And then things are just bombarding you left and right. And unfortunately, too, I also had a routine. I'll go straight to the watch cellar. <laughs> By the time I finish by my watch, all the anointed has left. Amen. Do you understand me? So that's the only reason. That, so that's the reason why we are doing the, the introductory lesson. Right? And my point is that all of this is connected to watchfulness. Right? So, let's just do Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Let's read again. I'll mention the first comment I mentioned the last time, and then we just go to the end, that's all. Verse 1. Yes. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yes. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Pause. We, st- we studied the last time that there is a big gap between Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Right? And we summarize this as the gap theory. Right? And we are saying that the reason why we need to factor that in is because when you look at the Bible, 66 chapters, 66 books, there are certain questions that in the face of a discussion, in the face of a debate, we will not be able to answer. Number one, there are fossil, there are bones of dinosaurs. If you check the Genesis account, where did God create dinosaurs? Number two, the Bible talks about the fall of in the battle in heaven, things that happened in heaven. There is no time that we can factor that in, right? And then number three, what was the third thing? There were three things that I gave. The people that used to inhabit the earth before, right? Okay, anyways. So if you don't remember, we did that already on Tuesday. So let's continue. That's the first thing I want to establish. Verse three. Then God said, Yes, let there be light. Let there be light. And there was light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Mm-hmm. God called the light day, mm-hmm. and the darkness he called night. Pause. 
Now, the Bible says that God called the light day, and he called the night what? He called the darkness, darkness what? Night. Night. Now, from this particular verse, what I want to establish is that by this reading, the sun had not been created. So, if we know the makeup of our day, which is a... Rev, um, is it a, a rotation? Yes, it's a rotation, right? A rotation, 24-hour period. Then that means that this day doesn't necessarily mean 24 hours. There are some people that believe that the six days of creation were literal 24-hour days. And if you believe that, I don't have a problem with you because of the next thing I'm going to say. And the next thing I'm going to say is because I believe that most of everything that was written in the book of Genesis chapter 1, all of it was spiritual. Right? All of it was what? Spiritual. Spiritual. And there's a reason why I'm mentioning the word spiritual. Because if I don't, if you don't get to the understand that everything that exists here usually has a spiritual component, then if I tell you at some point in time, explain how Jesus was conceived, you'll not be able to tell me. Everything what has a spiritual what Com- component. And that is why the Bible says that, and in the last days, I'll, I'll see a rider on a horse. Does it mean that there are horses in heaven? Yes. (laughs) Are there lions in heaven? Yes. Are there trees in heaven? Yes. Is there a palm tree in heaven? Yes. Is there a contumbre in heaven? Yes. I don't know if you are getting me. You see, if you don't understand this, right, then you will not be able to believe in miracles. And that's what I'm saying, that there's a foundation. Because if all you know is that I am here on earth and everything is natural, then if I say that, place a demand that in the storehouse of body parts, may God give you a new eye, you will never believe it. Are you with me? You will never believe it. So everything is what? Spiritual. So the light here, the day here, of course, I know that there is the natural part, but the fundamental thing I want you to understand is that Everything you know, number one, was created. Everything you know is what? Created. That means that are the powers in your background that want to kill you, who created them? God. You understand me? The wizard in your dumb room that wanted to poison you, who created that wizard? God. So when God tells you to love that person, it will not be a difficult thing. I mean, if you don't understand that everything was created, then you think that the devil is the most powerful. But God is the creator. The devil is a created. So he's a creature. Right? And if you don't understand this, you don't understand the Bible that says, the part of the Bible that says in Isaiah chapter 54, I have created the destroyer to destroy. Then you ask yourself, Father, why are you creating things that can destroy? All right, me. Yep. I've created what? The destroyer to destroy. But then he says that the weapon that he fashions, it shall not, fash- it shall not work against you. Continue. So the evening and the morning were the first day. The evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, Mm-hmm. Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Yes. And let it divide the waters from the waters. Mm-hmm. Thus God made the firmament. Yes. And divided the waters which were under the firmament mm-hmm. from the waters which were above the firmament. Mm-hmm. And it was so. Yes. And God called the firmament heaven. Mm-hmm. 
So the evening and the morning were the second day. Yes. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place mm-hmm. and let the dry land appear. Mm-hmm. And it was so. Yes. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. Yes. And God saw that it was good. And God saw that it was good. Continue. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, mm-hmm. the herb that yields seed, mm-hmm. and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, mm-hmm. whose seed is in itself mm-hmm. on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Mm-hmm. Then God said, Let there be light in the firmament of heavens, mm-hmm. of the heavens, to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons, and for days and years. And let them be for light in the firmament of the heavens, to give light on the earth, and it was so. Then God made two great lights, mm-hmm. the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. Mm -hmm. God saw that it was good. Mm -hmm. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Then God said, Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters are bounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind god saw that it was good and god blessed them saying be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth mm-hmm. so the evening and the morning were the fifth day mm-hmm. then god said let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, mm-hmm. cattle and creeping thing and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. Mm-hmm. And God saw that it was good. It was good. Continue. Then God said, mm-hmm. let us make man in our own image. Yes according to our likeness. Mm -hmm. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, Mm -hmm. over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Mm -hmm. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Mm -hmm. Male and female, he created them. Mm -hmm. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, Fill the earth and subdue it. Mm -hmm. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that Mm -hmm. moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, Mm -hmm. which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. Mm -hmm. To you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food. Mm-hmm. And it was so. Yes. Then God saw that everything he had made, 
And indeed, it was very good. It was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Awesome. Chapter one. Beautiful. So I'm going to jump to chapter two. Two comments. In the creation account, what we see is that God created an environment, and then the environment produced what? The things that lived in it. When it got to man, the environment that produced man was what? God. So what, we, what is our definition of death? Death is what? Separation. Separation from God. Separation from God. Or in a broader sense, separation from your environment. If you take the stars from the firmament, they die. If you take a fish from the sea, they die. If you take an animal from the earth, they what? Die. So for us, man, when you take us from God, we are what? Dead. That's our definition for what? Separation. Now, the second thing that I want to, I want to make, the second point, in the verse number 26, it says, let us make man. Now, before I continue, one of the things that I want you to note is that this is usually true for the Hebrew tradition. But it's also more true for anything spiritual. In the realms of the spirit, the name of a thing is the thing. Let me go back. In the realm of the spirits, right? The name of a thing is what? Is the thing. So if I say light, light is not a name. Light is not a word. Light is, the, is actually the thing. I don't know how to explain it. But you need to get me. Because of where we are going to go to in the, in the chapter number two. If I say money, right? Money is not a word. And they can say, what, is the, what are the other synonyms of money? Money is the thing. I with me so far. And if you don't understand this, you will not understand why God uses words in creating. And that is the same power that he has given to you. So we come to the book of Hebrews. The Bible says that, for by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by what? The word of God. So as God mentioned, let there be an animal. Whatever name he gave, it manifested. I need so far. And that is why when you come back to the book of um, Exodus and the journey of the people of Israel, they were afraid to mention the name of God. I need so far. So they couldn't just mention the name of God as he knows it. Because if they mention God, they mention him. And it's, they considered God so holy. So you can't just mention God. God is not, the name that God gave them was not just a name. It was the essence. Do you have a question? Okay, I'm coming. <laughs> if, I, if I get there. So in their, in their way to protect themselves, they decided to remove certain vows from the name of God. So that they can just mention four characters. Y-W-H-Y. Right, me. They've removed the because they can't just mention God's name. If they mention God's name, it's like he's here. I don't know if you are getting me. I don't know if you are getting me. So, if so, if you are dealing with this, right, I want you to understand. So, when someone says that there is a spirit of fear here, it's not a characteristic. It's not the person is not trying to describe fear. The person is saying that fear is here. Are you with me so far? Are you with me so far? If someone says that there is the power of God here, it's not a definition. Oh, I see something that moves like the power. No. 
there is nothing like like or similar to is the actual thing. And for you to understand, there's a word that I need to use. And the word is called essence. Essence. Right? The word is called what? Essence. Essence is actually the true being. So there's a word essence and the word being. Right? The word from the word to be. You guys have done French before, right? Être. Je suis. Tu es. Il, elle, est. Nous, sans vous, there. And then, il, elle, yes. The way to be. Now, out of all the words that we have in our language, the way to be is one of the most powerful. I read me so far. It's one of the most what? Powerful. And that is why, because you see, and that is why you will not understand, on, if you don't understand the power of the word being, being an essence, you don't understand why God answered Moses in this way. Moses said, if I go to your people, right, they would ask me, the God of Israel has appeared to you, right? And you said that God has told you, come and deliver us. What is the name of that God? What name did God give them? I am. A derivation of the, word, of the verb to what? To be. I am. With the word I am, and that's one of the second, that's the second truth I want you to understand. I am. It means that any revelation you have of God, God can be that person to you. It was one of the most defining, yet liberating way that God could define himself. Right? He tried to put himself in a definition, in a name. And then he also decided to give it so many options. So he says, I tell them that I am. Speak to you. Then you ask yourself, I am what? Okay, well, today I need deliverance. Can the I am deliverer, the I am deliverer, visit me, then God will show up as a deliverer. So you can be in the church, right? You can be in the church. And this is where many people have gotten it wrong. You can be in the church all right, spiritual, tongue-talking, filled with the Holy Ghost, right? But there are certain things that you can never enjoy because you have not been able to define and given a name to how God, how you want God to deal with you. So you can see people in the church, they are, they are blessed, powerful, spiritual, and they can be poor. They can have bad manners. They can be bad and corrupt employees. They can be bad husbands. They can be bad wives. Because they've not been able to, by revelation, see an aspect of God that the I am can be to them. All right, me so far. I brought all of this because God said, let there be, let there be, let there be, the word, the verb to word, to be. And the Bible says, as soon as he said, let there be, there was a response that says, and it was so. If you don't get this, you can never operate in the realms of miracles and in the realms of possibilities. I'll be so far. You can never operate in that. You can never operate in that. If a man of God stands on a crusade platform, if there's a man of God that um, sits in a crusade platform and he says, us, let all the blind eyes be opened. Are you with me? So far as he says it, see, and that is why the Bible says that God has what? Elevated his what? 
his word above what? Himself. Because there is so much premium on what? The word of God. I need so far. I need so far. Now, Minister Miriam, ask your question. Please give her the microphone. The, the context of to call something and it becomes. Yes. So, are we talking in the context of people who are believers or does it apply to unbelievers as well? It happens so, to for everyone. example, if you name your child Athena, for example, or you name your child Thor, or you name your child yes. Luciana, which is derived from, you know, are you summoning the beings or are you, or is it because you're not Christian, there's no power behind there is. the Athena or the... Okay. Did you get your question? So in the place of naming, and you call your child's name Thor, which is uh, the god of thunder in the Greek whatever, does it mean that your child will become Thor? <laughs> so, this is the thing. Every spirit that has the identity Thor. Now, if I let's use that word, for example, that's the god of thunder. Almost every ethnic group or society that I know always has that, right? Agrada, um, Ogun, Thor. Um, is it? That's for which one? What which? Yoruba. Yes. Right? There's always that. Now, let's go back a bit. And, and let me give a classic example. An example. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, I believe chapter 37 or so, Jacob had a wife, right? And her wife was about to give birth to their second son. That's her real wife, not the one that the father tricked her into. Rachel. The Bible says that she'd given birth to Jacob. And the Bible says that for her second pregnancy, the pregnancy was too much for her. So the Bible says that after she gave birth, then the Bible added, as her spirit was departing, then she looked at the pain that she suffered and then called the boy Benoni. That is what? Son of my what? Pain. Out of all the 12 children that Jacob had, this was the first time that Jacob had the opportunity to name the child. Okay. You, you, go and read the, go and read the accounts. Most of the accounts, we get a name as, in, as part of the writing or we get a name as part of the mother saying what has happened. So gave the name of the situation to the child. All right, me? If you check all the names of the people of Israel, the name they carried determined their destiny. I think so far. The name they carried. So it means that the last born of the son of Jacob would have, all, would have been a child of pain if his father did not intercept. And then the father called him what? Benjamin, the son of my right hand. So to come back to you, many people who are spiritual, right, are not ignorant of names. Are you with me? Whether they are Christians or not. Whether they are what? Christians or not. So, as a Christian believer, you need to be very, very careful of what you name. Because without any effort on your part, whatever name you carry, whatever name you give, would attract a certain kind of spirit. I mean, 
the name in itself, right, from where we are, this is what we think. The name in itself, oh, it's just a description. But that's not how the realm of the spirit is. The name of a thing is a thing. Add me. Just another question. Bishop. Okay. Following her question. Yes. Right. So, wait, let, let, let's finish asking a question. No, your wife asked a question, yes. Let's finish asking. So, if you name your child after the inspiration of another person. Yes. So, for example, I name my child Daniel because I like you, Daniel. Yes. Am I someone in you or I'm someone in Daniel? Like, in that context. Yes. So is, it, is, it, is it based on the, where the person is coming from? Like, the, the viewpoint or the belief of the person? That influences the essence of the name. Yes, so for example, the, the, influence, I, the influence of the name draws the spirit from that. So, for example, if I believe mm -hmm. Jehovah is my gyre, for example, yes. it's based on my belief that the word sort of mm -hmm. has an effect. Yes. So, if I, be, if I name my child after my grandmother, for example, yes. who was a priestess, yes. for example, is it based on my belief or is it based on the essence of the name or a combination of both? A combination of both, but my point is that based on who you, based on who you are referring to, okay, right. based on who you are. So if you name your child, let's say after a friend, very likely you see characteristics of your friend. Very likely, alright me. But then if you are saying okay, so I'm, so there's there's me Daniel, and then I call my child Daniel. If I'm referring to Daniel as me, then I, there's a different spirit. Um. If I'm referring to Daniel from the prophet Daniel in the Bible, there's a particular spirit that I'm also referring to. All right, me. Okay. Ask your question. Uh -huh. Bishop, yes. following that question, in South America, there are many people called, called Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yes. And in Ghana, there are many people called Emmanuel. <laughs> <laughs> but they, 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 don't, they don't have any. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, so if you come to that, right? The name Jesus is a derivative of the name what? Joshua. Joshua. Joshua means what? Joshua means what? Savior. Deliverer. Alright, me. So, when they were giving birth to Jesus, they know that he was come to be a savior or a deliverer. So, they gave him the name Joshua. In the particular tongue they gave him, sounded Jesus. But that was his sass. So, you see, the assignment of Jesus was to save Joshua. I mean, yeah. So, and that's. I want you to bear this in mind. The name of a thing is what a thing. The name of a thing is what. Because I'll give you two classic examples. You see the name woman, and you see the name Eve. There's a reason why I'm saying that. You also see the name Adam. Adam, woman, Eve. Someone asked me, why have I not mentioned man? Now I'm going to come to that. So you remember that I said verse 26. The Bible says, let us make what? Man. The word man there means clay. Wow. So the name Adam also means what? Clay. So if you see the Bible, as you're reading Genesis chapter 1 especially, and you see the word man and Adam, it's the same thing. Man and Adam is what? Clay. Alright, mean? But we are going to move to woman and then what? Eve. Genesis chapter one, 2, verse 1. Let's continue. By the grace of God, we are going to read all the way to verse 5, chapter 5, verse 2. Then we are, we are done. Then we are done. We can go back to our lesson 2. I want us to move on quickly. Chapter 2, verse 1. 2, verse 1. Yes. Thus the heavens and the earth mm -hmm. and all the host of them were finished. Yes. And on the seventh day, 
God ended his work which he had done. Mm-hmm. And he rested on the seventh day yes. from all his work which from he had done. All his work. So then pause. So the last one I said. So there are 3,000 species of birds. Did God create all of them? No. God created a particular kind. Right? And then they produce the various species. And there's a reason why I emphasize on this. Because certain people have had questions. Okay, so someone gets pregnant, right? And then they give birth, and the child doesn't have an arm. Does it mean that when God was creating, and then God decided, oh, and then maybe your prayer came in. So God prayed, oh, okay, Angela, oh, Ophelia. Okay, 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 okay. And then God went and answered the call. Then he said, okay, okay. Then God forgot the, the arm in heaven. <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> right? Okay, let me ask another question. The people who don't, don't have eyes, not that they are blind, they actually don't have eyes. When they sleep at night, do they dream? Right? All right, me. Right. So I'm going to answer this because I know that you will get this, this question. And you see, what I'm, what I'm answering, right, I'm not trying to make you knowledgeable. I'm not trying to make you knowledgeable in, in the fact that, okay, I know this. The first thing is that I want your life to be transformed. But the other thing that I'm trying to do is that I want to give you answers for certain things that come up. Especially when we are going to start the work of evangelism again. People would ask you, so I prayed to God, and God didn't mind me. What happened? Oh, and I gave birth, this is my sister, gave birth to whatever, and the baby doesn't have what? The baby is autistic. The baby is this. What happened? Does it mean that God intentionally created like that? Then someone will say, okay, God doesn't make a mistake. <laughs> Anyways. So, the reason I'm saying this is that, Bible said that, and God finished all his work. So, there are things that I said in Genesis chapter 1, that I said all of them are what? Spirits. Right? Spirits. The environment has a role to play in the creation of the things that exist in there. Right? But everything that God creates, or God does. God does in the realm of the spirit. And it is perfect. Alright, mean, It is what? Perfect. So, God would never create someone and then will leave one leg in heaven. As the baby is coming by spirit, the baby is perfect. Alright, mean, Now, there is a process between that thing in the spirit and its manifestation. And that is where you as a parent, you as a watchman, you have a job to do. You can decide to protect what is happening so that the perfect thing that is being received, there is no manipulation. All right, me? So, then the question is, so is there, is there, is there, is there is the parent's fault or is the mother's fault? <laughs> the father's fault or the mother's fault? See, Jesus asked, Jesus answered this beautifully. Now, before I give my answer, right, one of the things that you need to understand is that God is good. Right? In the sight of God, God can take everything that the devil does and use it for his glory. Usually, when God is dealing with people, the main thing he's looking at is purpose and impact. So he says that, I know the plans that I have for you. They are of what? Good, not of evil. Then it says to bring you to what? An expected end. So God usually, when he's dealing with people, has an expected end. 
That is called purpose. The way to achieve purpose, God usually can use any means. And it's, he can do it so well that you think that God is the originator of bad things in your life. I don't know if you are getting me. God can do it so well. So well. That you think that God is the originator of bad things in your life. But that's not the case. Alright me? I sure heard me. Okay. So let's come back one more step. And now let me answer my question. The disciples of Jesus met one man. And he had no eyes. What was Jesus' answer? They, what was the question to him? They said, Father, Jesus, Jesus. Is it the sin of the mother or the sin of the what? Father. Or his own sin that affected him? What was Jesus' answer? It was neither of them, but that the glory of God would be revealed. God allowed a particular circumstance to appear that this man had no eyes. Now, you see, what I'm saying here, it seems like you understand. It seems like you understand. Do you understand me? It seems like you understand. But wait till you are Lazarus. Wait till you are what? And God wants to use your sickness, which he prophesied, is not unto death to establish a purpose of God. You see, we say we understand the things of God. And usually, we are really, really concerned about how God makes us feel. Not really his purpose. We are, we are, we are, we are, we are, we are more impressed about God's handling than his purpose for us. I you sure me? I shared me. You say that you understand. And Father, they be praying and crying. Oh, Father, let your will, thy will be done on earth. As it is. Are you sure of that prayer? See, if you are not sure, don't pray it. If you are what? Not sure that you really, 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 times two, want the will of God and the purpose of God to be done in your life. Don't pray certain prayers. But I mean, I mean pray. <laughs> I want to encourage you to pray. <laughs> I'd be. So, that's why, so, yeah, so I ended by saying that here, that's the things. Now, in the chapter number two, continue from verse three, right? Yeah. Yes, go on. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Let's because not in it, he rested from all his work which God had created yes. and made. Mm-hmm. Verse 4. Verse 4. This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created. Yes. In the day that the Lord God made the earth pause. and the heavens. The Bible says that this is the history. So what was Genesis chapter 1? I mean, it's one account. You can say that Genesis chapter 2 is a different account. Now, you see, Genesis chapter 1 starts with what? In the beginning. Now, that is not the beginning of everything. Are you with me? Genesis chapter 1 says what? In the the beginning, beginning. God created what? The heavens heavens and the earth. earth. That is not the beginning of everything. Because we come to John chapter 1, and the Bible says that the beginning was the word. So which one is the true beginning? Based on time, chronology, John chapter 1 is the original beginning. Because John chapter 1 talks about God. Are you with me? And then you come to Genesis chapter 1. So Genesis chapter 1 is not talking, that will not answer your question. Where did God come from? 
Write me so far. Because people will ask you, if you are saying that in the beginning God created, then who, who is the mother of God? Have you asked that question before? I remember I asked that question when I was in primary. Those kind of questions. When I asked my mother, why don't you tell me that? I shouldn't think about it too much. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll go, I'll go mad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm sure you too, your parents have told you that before, right? Right? Now, this, the Bible says that, oh, read the verse 2. Read the verse 2 again. The verse 2, the, which one? The verse you said. The day. I want that part. Uh-huh. This is the history of the heavens. This is the history of the heavens. And the earth. And the earth. When they were created. When they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth. All of the the six days that God used in creating, the Bible summed it up as what? Day. And there is a reason why I'm mentioning this. Because usually, usually, just so that you don't get offended at prophets, if a prophet gives you a particular timeline, apart from things that relate to God and to his Christ, every timeline is temporary. It's not set in stone. Every timeline is subject to certain conditions. One of the conditions is your ability to align. God can tell you that next year you'll be in school. If you like, don't do anything. One year will come, two years will come, three years will come, four years will come, five years, and you still be saying, Father, you said one year I'll be in school. When it comes to God, right, there are different words that represent time. Different words that represent what? Time. And if you do not base or deal with God to understand the time frame he is using, you may be praying amiss. A prophet can come and tell you that you've entered into your season of marriage and that season is just day one of a 30-year period. All right, me. I sure with me. God, and, I, and I, when we started, I said that the six days, I don't believe they were 24-hour periods. However long or short they were, the Bible says that they were all created what? In a day. In a day. In a day. So when God said to you, next year by this time, I want you to then go further and say, Father, next year, according to the calendar of King Gregory, <laughs> the Gregorian calendar, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be, other than that, see, and I'm not saying that God will intentionally be moving things to, no. Most of the time, right, most of the time, and I want you to understand this, most of the time, the fulfillment of God's prophecy is based on your uh, uh, um, readiness or ability to receive the manifestation. And like I said, everything that God says, he deals with it in the spirit. So when God says that tomorrow by this time, in school, in the spirit, you are already in the school. I don't know if you are with me. So far as they've said it, is the thing. Essence, being. That means that you can feel it, form. I shared me. I shared me. So the Bible says that in the day that God created it all, then what happened? Let's read. Mm-hmm. Before any plant of the field was in the earth, yes. and before any herb of the field had grown, mm-hmm. for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the mm-hmm. earth, yes. and there was no man to till the ground. Pause. 
I think right now you have an answer to this, right? The Bible says that God created everything and God rested. Now, the Bible is saying that there was no herb. If there is no herb, it means there was no animal. And the Bible then says, because there was no man. What happened in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26? Created a man. Right. Now, I said that the word man means what? Adam. But when God said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, what he was talking about was the spirit of man. And that is why in the verse number 27, the Bible says that male and female, he created what? Them. Them. Now, let me now go back and define. Man. Man is a spirit. Right? In the beginning, when God created man, the spirit of man. Now, how many people have bought maybe... Okay, let's use an iPhone. You want to buy an iPhone 14, whatever. They can tell that it comes in iPro, I mean iPhone, then they'll give you Pro Max. Then they'll give you what? Um, the regular, and then they'll give you what? Is it an E? Oh, the people use iPhone, just give me the, this thing. Okay, iPhone, iPhone 6, is it an E? Is it a C or an E? The, the smaller one. SE, an S, right? And then there's a Pro Max, which is the bigger version with all the features. And then there's just the regular, right? When God created man, man came in two different versions. It's like you go to a restaurant and you say, they, they sell, there's an ice cream shop here. I want ice cream. Then they ask you, what flavor do you want? Vanilla or strawberry? When God created man, Adam, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, they came in two flavors. Man, male, and female. It didn't mean that they had human man body and woman body. And then again, too, let me just say it. It didn't mean that Adam was an hermaphrodite. <laughs> if you didn't understand what I mean by that, that is fine. It didn't mean that Adam was a she-male. Are you me? Are you sure you are with me? Yes, sir. Adam came in two flavors. Male and what? Female. It didn't have not, it had nothing to do with their bodies. Alright, me so far. Alright, me so far. So then the Bible says that. I have a question. Okay. Mommy has a question. Uh, I, I don't know whether mine is really a question or but I get confused a little. When I read sorry, when I read Genesis chapter one. And I finish Genesis chapter 1, and I start reading t- chapter 2, where God starts doing the things, like you said. I think of Genesis chapter 1 like a summary yes. of what happened. Mm-hmm. Now, from chapter 2, it is beginning to dissect or go into details of what yes. the things are. Am I right? Yes, you are right also. Thank you. Yes, you are right. So, some people also call Genesis chapter 1 the summary, chapter 2 the detail, Right? And that one is also fine. For what I'm doing, I'm using this. I'm, I'm intentionally not mentioning that. Because I want, to, I want you to look at Genesis chapter 1 as the spiritual. And then Genesis chapter 2 as the physical. There's a reason why I'm doing that. Right? And I'll come back to Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 again. So continue. The Bible says that in the day that he... No, verse 4, right? We reach verse 5. Yes, verse 5. Because there was no man to till the land. Yes. Then continue. Okay. Let's do this quickly. Verse 6. Verse 6. But a mist went up from the earth. A mist went up on the earth. And watered the whole face of the ground. Yes. 
And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Pause. In fact, read everything for the verse 7. And the Lord God formed and man. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of, of the, the ground. Dust of the ground. And breathed into his nostrils. And into, nos- into his nostrils. The breath of life. The breath of life. And man became a living being. And man became a living being. Man, a spirit, has a soul and lives in a body. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, the Bible says that, And God said, let us create. The word create means to create something or to do something out of nothing. There is no resource. There is no what? Resource. So if you are creating something without a raw material, what is that thing? Spiritual. And that's the only reason why I'm saying that I'm, I know Genesis chapter 1 is a summary. But I'm using Genesis chapter 1 and I'm using it for the entire thing as the creation of the spiritual. When you come to Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, the Bible says, and God formed. The word formed there means to mash into place. So what he did take, he took the dust. And the Bible said that before the dust, he said that there had already been a mist. So that is why we have the word clay. He molded because the ground was now wet from the mist. So it was dust and water that had become clay. And the Bible says he squashed it together. Heard me? And that is how come some men are barrier. Because God just did poof. Heard <laughs> me? He, 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 that's the word form. He mashed into being. The, the, that same word was not used when he was creating woman. That's why some women are fine. Heard <laughs> me? So God what? Mashed into being. Using what? A resource. What's the resource? Dust. So you now see the real definition of man. The Bible says that God mashed into being. So we now have the body of man, which is body. And the Bible says that now I said a man is spirit, lives in a body, but has a soul. So then what God did was that he breathed, right? Where was the spirit of man? The spirit of man was in the environment that God created. Where is that environment? God. So God took the spirit of man and put it inside of his nostril. I read me so far. That means that the spirit entered in which two flavors, male and female. It entered into the body. As soon as it entered into the body, the soul had to be formed. Because the soul is the partition between the body and the spirit. So he asked me, when was the spirit, when was the soul created? Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. When was the body created? Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. When was the spirit of man created? Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Alright me so far? Alright me so far? Now, before you ask your question, I said the last time, when you are talking about spirits, right? God is the father of all spirits. By the, work, by the word in the book of Galatians, the Bible says that for there is neither male or female, right? Neither Greek nor what? Jew. Neither slave or free. All are what? One. If we just take the spirit of everyone here, we would all look like God. Because God said, let us create the what? Man in our image and in our what? Likeness. So every spirit for man looks like God. You cannot distinguish but you've heard people say, I went to heaven and I saw my grandfather. How did you know that? It was the soul that was attached to that spirit. That gives context. Alright, Nisufa. If you go into heaven right now and then you see prophet Elijah, you will be able to identify him. 
not by just a spirit, but by the soul that is meshed to the spirit of man. That's how you can be able to recognize him. So in the soul of man, you might be able to get distinctions. Right? But the spirit, all are what? One before God. Ask your question. Okay. Continue. Are, we, are you with me so far? Are you learning? Okay, let's continue. Verse 8. Verse 8. The Lord God planted a garden mm-hmm. eastward in Eden, mm-hmm. and there he, put the man, there he put the man whom he had formed. Mm-hmm. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Mm-hmm. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, mm-hmm. and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. Now a river went out of Eden mm-hmm. to water the garden. Yes. And from there it parted and became four river heads. Yes. The name of the first is Pishon. Mm-hmm. It is the one which skirts the whole land of Havila, mm-hmm. where there is gold. Yes. And the gold of that land is good. Mm-hmm. Bedelium and the onyx stone are there. Mm-hmm. The name of the second river is Gihon. Mm-hmm. It is the one which goes around the whole land of Cush. Mm-hmm. The name of the third river is Hidikel. Mm-hmm. It is the one which goes toward the east of Assyria. Yes. The fourth river is the Euphrates. Mm-hmm. Verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden mm-hmm. to tend and keep it. Yes. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, mm-hmm. Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, mm-hmm. but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. Pause. So now, I said the last time that if you've done any work in psychology, you know that if you tell someone not to do something, that is what the person would do. However, that doesn't apply to the realm of the spirit. I want you to understand. So someone would come and ask, if God knows that they will eat this, why did he then tell them not to eat it? Everything, according to the reply of Jesus in the book of Matthew chapter 4, and also there's a reference in the book of um, Deuteronomy chapter 6, I believe from the verse 4 and the verse 5, right? It says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by everything that what proceeds. Now, in that context, he's talking about man, right? But I want you to understand that everything that was created, because it was created by the word of God, it is sustained by the word of God. Listen to me again. Man shall not live by what? Bread, but by everything or by every word, word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It means that your actual life is summed up in the word of God. Do you understand me so far? Now, that is in relation to man. But I said that if you expand it, it relates to everything created by the word of God. So that is why when God came in the book of Job, Chapter 38, chapter 39, he began to ask Job certain questions. He said, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? He said all of those things. Then he said, can you command the lightning to come to this particular side? And they will come and say, yes, here I am. Can you command the seas that this is where you can go and go no further? Can you command the stars to be in the heavens and just be there and not fall? It means that not just man. But everything that was created, because it was a creation, and it is created based on the word of God, it is sustained by what? 
the word of God. Ask me so far. So there was a reason why God placed that tree there. And it was the tree is not the most important thing. That's one thing I want you to understand. I want you to understand. Because people might twist your mind and say, if God is really a good God, why did he then put in their presence temptation? That is not the most important thing. The most important thing is what he said. The most important thing is what he what? Said. And I don't know how to say this. But that is the most important thing in your life. What God said. See, otherwise you'll be like Moses and come and give an excuse. That father, because of the people, I didn't do what you said. Because of the circumstances, I didn't do what you said. Because of the pressure in my family, I didn't do what you said. The most important thing you can ever rely on is what? The word of God. Let me backtrack. Not the word of a man of God. Not the word of what? A man of God. Not the word of the most anointed prophet in town. Am I saying that their words are not important? No. But I'm saying that if a man of God speaks, you must be able to identify the word of God in what the man of God said. I don't know if you are with me. I don't know if you are with me. A man of God, if you cannot identify the word of God in what he's saying, if what I'm saying right now, behind this pulpit, doesn't contain the word of God, I've wasted your one hour. I've wasted your time. Add me so far. You must find the word of God. If you don't understand this, you will not understand why the Bible said that there was a young prophet. He went to a particular town. And the word of God to him says what? After you are done, quickly leave. Do not eat. Do not drink. Don't spend the night. The Bible says that an older man of God came to him and says that the God that you spoke to spoke to me. And he told you, and he said that I should offer you bread and water. And the Bible says that he ate. And he sent him on his way. On his way, he was on the donkey. And the lion approached. And the lion grabbed the man and left the donkey. When the man of God, the old man of God came, and then he stood there, he prophesied exactly what God had told the younger man. He, that means that he was not a fake man of God. He was not what? A fake man of God. He prophesied exactly what God has said. Yet, why is that in that time, when he gave wrong prophecy, the younger prophet listened to it? Now, this is where I'm coming to. The reason why I'm mentioning this, see, we are in a season of watchfulness. We are in a season of what? Watchfulness. We are in a season of watchfulness. We are in a what? A season of watchfulness. We are in a season of watchfulness. Do not assume and take for granted the word of God. Of all the things that you can place premium on, place premium on the word of God. Not based on the word of another man. Place premium on what? So if you decide that you will not have a personal relationship with God to hear his voice, and every step of your life, you always need to call apostle. Apostle is on speed down number two because your speed down number one is voice replay. What they call it? The, the, the thing that they call and then it will save. Voicemail. Voicemail. So your apostle is on voice number two. Reverend Sammy is on voice, number, voice note uh, speed down number three. Reverend Daniel is on 
speed down number four. Reverend last is speed down number five. So you are just paying call. Okay, Google, can you please call for me, Apostle? <laughs> Which number? The MTN or the Vodafone? <laughs> the MTN, please. Because <laughs> you know that if you go Apostle, certain times on the Vodafone, you not pick. But the MTN, very likely you pick. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that's why you will be, you will be led astray. Are you, are you with me so far? Yes, sir. So why did God give them the tree of the knowledge of good, good and, evil, and evil and the tree of life? The important thing is not the tree. At that point in time to Adam, the most important thing was God said, don't touch. See, I wish you can underline every part in the book of Genesis chapter 1. Verse 1 to James chapter 2, where there is always the word said, said, said. <laughs> you realize how important it is when you get to chapter 3. You, let's continue. 2 verse 17b. Yes. For in the day that you eat of it, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. You shall surely die. Now, this is the reason why I'm saying this again. Many people will say, Did God, um, did Adam die? What's the answer? Yes. yes. Because God said. Because God said it. Does it have anything to do with the fact that he didn't drop dead? No. God said. And God said. Now then if I say explain, can you explain? You've explained that before, right? There was what? A separation between his spirit and the spirit of God. That is death. Because there was the separation, his soul was left vulnerable. That means that his soul began to decay, become corrupt. You understand it in the book of Romans chapter 1. Then what happened to his body? His body was now subject to the life of the blood in him. As soon as the life of the blood in him goes out, his body also falls down. So man died in three ways. Because his body, soul, spirit. And the death manifested in three ways. Did man die? Yes. Let's continue. Verse 18. Verse 18. 2.18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Now, pause. From Genesis chapter 1, everything that God has been doing, God says it is good. God said it is good. It is only in this particular verse, verse 18 of chapter 2, that God said it is not good. Now, if I were you, I would underline it and go and spend time and ask God, what does God mean by alone? It is not good. If God said it is not good, it means what? It is not good. And today, I don't want to go into the word alone. The word alone is not the same word as lonely. Lonely, I am so low. That's not the same word. All right, me so far. Just so that you can start your Bible study. The word alone is two words. All, one. All what? One. Remember that I said that God had created the spirit of man. It came in what? Two flavors. What? Male and female flavors. It's like chocolate chip, chocolate chip cookie and then what? Butter, whatever. Whatever. Two flavors. And God said, it is not good because now God had taken the spirit of man, put it inside a soul, inside a body, and there was a soul. And God said, it is not good for this composite being to be all one. You continue. Uh, uh, okay, you ask a question. Ask your question. 
Sorry. Um, so with what you just said, right? So does that mean the two flavors were in, were in the spirit? I'm going to answer that very soon. <laughs> I'm going to answer that very soon. Let's continue. I will make him a helper. I will make him a helper. Comparable to him. Comparable to him. Verse 19. Yes. Out of the ground, mm-hmm. the Lord God formed every beast of the field yes. and every bird of the air mm-hmm. and brought them to Adam yes. to see what he would call them. Mm-hmm. And whatever Adam called each living creature, mm-hmm. that was its name. Pause. Now, if someone, you meet someone and the person says, I don't believe in the fact that God created only kinds, but God created every particular species. I say, okay, well, I understand what you are saying because the Bible says in verse 19, God out of the ground, God formed what? Every, Every creature. Beast. So there is a possibility that God could have spent in time, but I don't believe that God did that. Alright me. Because if God did that, then the question is that how do we account for microevolution? Right? If you change the environment of a particular area, even if there's a living thing there, that person, that living thing begins to have physical changes psychological changes, physiological changes that can be promoted to the next generation. Right? That means that God and God will come and then look for clay and then come and no. God program. You see, and that is where you can understand that almost all the things that we believe in as man, one of the primary things that man believes in, you see, and I'm using the word believe, is that man believes in science. Now, for the layman, right, man believes in the tangible what they can see, what they can feel, what they can hear. That is science. All right, me so far. All the laws that govern the main aspects of science, you can see all of them codified in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. All of them. All of them. All of them. All right, me. There is a place for them to exist. Right? So there is a place for evolution, if you believe in evolution. There is a place for gravity, if you believe in gravity. God gave the um, first light as the ruler. We didn't even go into that one. But when God created the sun, he said, let the sun shine. He says, let the sun rule. Let the sun what? Rule. That's the job of the sun. Anyways, continue. Verse 20. Verse 20. So Adam gave names to all cattle. Beautiful. Now you see what, what I'm saying about name again. So it was Adam's job. So you also have that job. Every human being has the ability to name. And that is why I believe in that faith, doctrine, and teaching. That you can name it. You can, what? Claim Claim it. And you can receive it. I believe it. Because you have the power on your tongue. To name something. To claim it and to receive it. However, there is one thing that usually is always left out. There's a difference between claiming and receiving. That is the gap period where something must translate between the spiritual and the, and the physical. Many people don't know that there's a period between that. One of the things in that waiting period is the, is the, is the, is the thing called patience. And the thing called patience, you can do nothing about it. You can do what? Nothing about it. You can name it and claim it that I'm pregnant and you would have a baby inside of you. But to receive it, the baby must go through a nine-month process. No amount of spiritual chanting can make the baby come out on the third day. All right, me so far. 
Okay. So the Bible says that he brought the animals to what? Adam. And then what? Adam what? Named them. Name. So as soon as I, I, saw, I saw a documentary, the Bible, some, um, some, some guy said that the first animal that Adam named, he said, God, God came, God came. Then the angels were looking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see what he's going to do. Then the thing came. Then he said, let's see, let's see. And then Adam was scratching. Um, um, okay, so God. God, G-O-D. Okay, D-O-D. Dog. <laughs> he just reversed the name of God. <laughs> and then the dog. So dog was the first animal that was. Adam, Adam named, right? Who said that? I didn't say it. I'm just referring to someone, right? That's why dogs are men, yeah, yeah, men best friend. Because they were the first animals that, right? Imagine, imagine the angels were looking at, and then something came, and then Adam said, chimpanzee. <laughs> Can you imagine the applause that the angels have given him? Then another one came. He said, hey, he got the morale. He says, hippopotamus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Continue. Continue. Verse 20. Verse 20. So Adam gave names to all cattle. Yes. To the birds of the air. To the birds of the air. To every beast of the field. Correct. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable Mm -hmm. to him. Okay. 21. Continue. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on man, Mm -hmm. on Adam. Now pay attention. Sylvia, I'm going to answer your question. Mm -hmm. The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, Mm -hmm. and he slept. Yes. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Mm -hmm. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, Mm -hmm. he made into a woman. Okay. And he brought her to the man. And Adam said... This is now bone of my bones mm-hmm. and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman mm-hmm. because she was taken out of man. That's your answer. She was taken out of what? Man. Now, at that point, the Hebrew word for man is no longer Adam. It is Ish. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, all the way. We are saying man, 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 man. That was clear, 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 clear. When the woman was brought, it says he was taken out of Adam or out of man. It was not the word clear. It was the word what? Ish. Now you can define what the word ish. Because from the word ish, you get the word isha. That's woman. Now, let's backtrack a bit. When Adam woke up from his sleep, see, and unfortunately for many guys here, when we say I do, we don't know what we did. <laughs> Should I go there? Go there. You stand at the altar. With this ring, say after me, I do. I, I do. do. Many of us, we are still asleep. <laughs> It will take you 10 years to wake up. When you wake up in 10 years, you say, wow, man. <laughs> woman. That's what happened to Adam. When the woman was being created, the man was not there. Imagine the man was there. Right? It would have been a complicated process. 
Nonetheless, look at what the Bible says. The Bible says that, and then when the man woke up from his sleep, he saw another being, another creature, another creation. Wow. Man, woman, shall be your name. Then he says, because she is what? Flesh of my what? Flesh. And then what? Bones of my... Right now that I'm standing here, can you see my bone? If you can see my bone, it's either you have an x-ray, glasses, apple, vision, meta, whatever, quest, and you are seeing something. Or you have a special anointing, you are seeing from the spirit. But when you look at a human being, when Adam was looking at the woman, was the woman spirit? No. She was a human being. So she couldn't, he couldn't have seen the bone. So this place, this is my revelation. What Adam saw was the flesh. Flesh of my flesh and bone was the spirit. He recognized that I've seen the spirit before. Because this spirit was inside of me. Let me backtrack. Let me backtrack. Adam woke up and he says what? Wow, man, woman. That will be your name. And he says, for you are what? Flesh of my flesh. He saw that there was a resemblance between the body that he had and the body that the woman had. And he says, you are bone of my bone. Adam should not have seen the bone of the woman. What he recognized was the spirit. And he asked me, what does, why does bone translate spirit? Jeremiah said that, for I ate your word and your head is shut up as fire in my bones. Shut up in my spirit. What he recognized was the spirit of the woman. Because that spirit was previously inside of him. So how did God create the woman? God took an aspect of the flesh. God did not go back to dust and water to create the woman. So in the creation of man, Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, the Bible says he squished. That's actually the literature. He squeezed into form. Right? He formed man. And then man came. When he came to the woman, the Bible says that he took a rib and then made. So made means made means to intricately design. Made or the word the actual the actual translation is the word fashioned. Is the word what? Fashioned. So he took something from the man, fashioned the woman, gave the woman a body. And the Bible says, because the man inside of Adam was two flavors, male and female, he took the female flavor out of Adam and put the female flavor inside of the body. As soon as the spirit touched the body, a soul was formed again. Man took, God took a part of, of Adam, right? Fashioned, not formed fashioned. He took his time. He was about to create woman again. They looked at man and says, ah, I can do better. And then <laughs> he fashioned the woman. And then he says, okay, what about every man is what? Spirit. Has a soul. Lives in a body. So where is the spirit going to come from? Then he worked inside the man, Adam, at that point. The spirit inside of Adam was in two flavors. He took the female flavor out of Adam, put the female flavor of the spirit inside the body. As soon as the spirit touched the body, then the soul was formed. And that is how come Adam was thinking in a particular way 
Eve was thinking a particular way. They had the same spirits. They had the same body. But they were not the same because their soul came in two different points in time. When was the soul of man created? Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. When was the soul of the woman created? Genesis chapter 2 verse what? 22. That's what I'm saying that you see, you can, if you understand what your makeup is, you'd spend your time developing each of your makeup. You will not see your mind as a curse. Because if you don't take care, you'll not see your emotions as a curse. Because that is what she's make, that, that's a makeup. Your soul is made up of your mind, of your will, of your emotions. They are all a blessing. But if you do not take care, because they interface between the spirit and the body, they can lead you astray. And that is why a lot of people that are very, very intellectually sound have a very, 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 very real difficulty believing God. Believing God. One scientist said, as soon as you take of the cup of science, right, natural law, physics, quantum physics, chemistry, whatever, the first taste of that drink of science would make you an atheist. But when you get to the bottom of the, of the cup, you see a true reason to believe in God. I mean, so far. If you take and you base your life just on the natural, it will make sense to you. It will make sense to you. And you can operate like that. And that is how come there are certain religions, right? They always preach logic. They preach... Re- they, and when you see them, eh, ah, but this is what my Bible is teaching about. You think that, oh, when they are tre- speaking peace, and Christianity is talking about live at peace with all men, they are the same. They are not the same. They are not the same. There's an aspect called spirits. Spirits. That is the driving force of everything. I think so far. Ask your question. Then we go on. I think we'll end. We'll do our best to read chapter 3. This chapter 3, I'll not talk plenty. We'll do our best to read chapter 3. Then we are out of here. Chapter 4, you can read on yourself, you by yourself. Chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Now I will read. Yeah, chapter 4, you read by yourself. Read. Uh, Bishop, so yes. following up on your explanation on how a woman was created, I'm just thinking, is that the reason why man is still XY chromosome and the woman is XX? Because he picked just one. One. Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Right? Like some some was left in yes, man, so yeah. Yes, and it was different, right? And this one, if we're doing really, if we're doing marriage counseling, right? I can show you how man and woman are different, but the same, the same, the same. And if we're, go- we're also doing marriage counseling, right? Then I'll go into the part where Peter Paul said, "For the man, for the woman was created for the man." I'll go into that place. Are you with me? But right now, I'm talking to a global audience, 21st century, independent, misindependent women. <laughs> I don't never know go there right now. <laughs> right? Are you with me? If I was talking about marriage counseling, right? Marriage counseling, I'll tell you that many people see that the needs of man and the needs of woman are the same. They are different. They are not. They are not. They are the same. The priority is different. But they are the same. So if you think that your husband deserves respect, the man should know that the woman also deserves respect. If you, the woman, you think that you deserve love, you must also know that the man also deserves love. They are the same. 
Because man was there. Woman was what? Pulled out of man. The spirit, the flavor called female, was taken out and put in the body, which was the same. As soon as he charged it, so was formed. Yes. That's when he saw her. And that's how come he says, uh, okay, so, so please speak in the microphone so that they can hear you at the back. <laughs> so ask, ask the question again. Or you can ask, uh, how did Adam know? No, that the woman has been taken from him. To, okay, because the man was asleep. Yes. Right? But the, but the Bible says that when he, he only recognized it when he awoke. Right? He only what? Recognized it when he was awake. And when he was awake, he was able to recognize the spirit of the woman because the spirit of the woman was previously inside of him. So there was a link. Right? There was a link. Angela, do you have a question? Right. Is it? The revelation, she has. Yes. There's this theory going around about there's a first and second woman. That the second woman, that was Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, that um, she's, she somehow rebelled yes. against Lilith. Yeah, Lilith, yeah. And then when she rebelled and left, Genesis chapter 2, that's when God made another woman called Eve. Eve. Okay. Yeah. Now, at that point in time, there was no Eve. Yes. At that point in time, there was woman, a derivative of man, Ish. Isha. Now, based on what you've read, do you think that there was a woman? Another woman? Why do you say that? And don't, and don't say it because Bishop, Bishop Boshe said, no. That means that then you've not learned. Because we've learned that, mm -hmm. I have learned that mm -hmm. man consisted of both male and female in, exactly. in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Exactly. And in Genesis chapter 2, God took out the female part of the man from Man, okay. yeah. Now, I said I will read Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and end at Genesis chapter 5, verse 2. So let's read Genesis chapter 5, verse 1, and verse 2. Then I know that I will finish. So now it's left with Genesis chapter 4. That's for you to go and do. Genesis chapter 3, I pray that I will do it right now. But 5, 1, and 2, I've answered it. So we read. You have a question? You, let's read Genesis chapter 5, verse 1. Okay. Genesis chapter 5, verse 1. 5, 1. Listen, no. Genesis chapter 5, verse 1. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. Now, the Bible is going to trace. If you check the book, the, 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 the Old Testament and the New Testament, there is a great emphasis on genealogy. Genealogy, the word first is gene, right? From the word gene, we get generation. So, Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, when the Bible says that, this is the generation, it's talking about the history. Yes. How the things that consisted or the things that are the makeup of the line of the heavens and the earth. Now, this is what we're going to do. The first man, this is the generation. Now, before we continue, I know what you said about this, there was a first woman called Lilith. Now, like I said, based on what you've read, there's nothing like that. However, it doesn't mean that when you check the story of the Bible, every story that you get, even including the story of Jesus, is connected to the line of Adam. There is a particular gene 
generation, genealogy that the Bible follows. It doesn't mean that they were the only people that were around. Let me be careful, but I want you to just listen to what I'm saying. Now, don't ask me that. So, okay. You, you read verse 2. Then I'll, I'll answer a question that I know all of you have. Right? So, read Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. 5, verse 1. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. So, God decided to focus on the generation, the gene pool of Adam. And that is where you flow. So, if you check the book of Matthew, I believe chapter 2, look. I believe chapter 1. No, Matthew chapter 1. Luke chapter 2 or chapter 3. There is a genealogy about Jesus. All right, me? And one of the accounts connects Jesus all the way back to Adam. All right, me so far? One of them ended on what? Abraham. All right, me so far? One of these days, we'll look at that also. Because you realize that the genealogy of Jesus, there are slight variations. But that is not for our discussion today. Hallelujah. I think so far. So the Bible plays an emphasis on the gene or the life of Adam. And then out of the life of Adam, there were only certain people that the Bible story tracked. The Bible story didn't track everybody. So let's read verse 2. Verse 1. In the day that God created man, yes, he made him in the likeness of God. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of what? God. God. Verse 2. Verse 2. He created, chapter 5, verse 2. Genesis chapter 5, verse 2. Listen to it. He created them male and female. He created them male and what? Female. Female. And what? And blessed them. And blessed them. And called them mankind. And called them, give me the King James Version, I don't like this one. Okay. He he created them in the image of God. He blessed them. Mm. Male and female. And he called them what? Called their name Adam. He called their name what? So who is Adam? In Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. Both male and female. Not in the body as a hermaphrodite, but in the spirits. James chapter 5, verse 2. God created a man in his what? Image. Image. Male and female. He blessed them and he called them. Yep. Adam. Both of them what? Adam. Adam. In the eyes of God, the man was called Adam. The woman was called Adam. If we're doing marriage counseling... I'll talk to you about name again. Yes. And the two shall be one. Talk to you. In the eyes of God, man is called what? Adam. Woman is called what? It was in the eyes of Adam that the woman was called what? Eve. So did God create multiple people, women? No. <laughs> oh no, God, you have a question? Ask. <laughs> Okay, so we've read Genesis chapter 5, right? From, the, from verse 3 to the end is for your assignment. Go and read. I'm not interested in that. I wanted to end there. I've answered your question, right? Okay. Now, we, where did we end? Chapter 3? Okay. No, we've not read. We've not read. We're now going to 3, the fall of man. No, we've not, read, we've not read they were naked and ashamed. So I know they've not finished chapter 2. Yeah. That's the last verse of chapter yeah, 2. Uh-huh. So continue. 
Okay, verse 20, 22. Mm-hmm. I'm reading from Genesis 2, 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother. Mm-hmm. And shall cleave unto his wife. And shall cleave. Mm-hmm. And they shall be one flesh. Now, listen, listen, listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says that now this is the mystery behind marriage. The man and the woman says that they shall live. And the Bible uses the word, after the word live, the Bible uses the word cleave. After the word what? Live. The Bible says there was a what? Cleave. When there is cleaving, then there shall be oneness. Remember that I mentioned that it is not good for man should be what? All one. It means that when God saw that man was all one, he did something in order to bring separation. But the coming back to oneness at its peak of relationship is marriage. The highest form of any kind of relationship is the marriage relationship. And in order for you to become one with your husband or with your wife, it's not the wedding night. That is not it. There must first be a leaving and there must be a cleaving. The definition of the word cleave is to fit together as a puzzle. I mean, so you can be wearing a ring as a man, married to your wife, and the two of you can never be one. Because if you have not left, living, you see, if you check it, if you are doing marriage relationship counseling again, if you are living, because you are a man in three ways, you must live in three ways. If you are cleaving, you must also cleave in what? Three ways. Many people, when they think about cleaving and becoming one, they only think about the one of the body. The honeymoon. That's it. But the soul must live and cleave. The spirit must live and cleave. And if you don't understand this, you will not also understand your born-again experience. When I say that your born-again experience, you are becoming new in three ways. In your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. The last way that you'll be saved in your body, that, that the definition of that salvation of your body is called salvation, it's called rapture. I agree so far. Saving when you become one with the body of Jesus. That's why he calls himself the husband man, and we are the bride. When you become one with body, in order to become one, it's called rapture. And that is why when he talks about it in the book of Galatians, he said, when you talk about this, be excited about it. But many people, when they are thinking about rapture, hey, 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 hey. Continue reading. Verse 23, verse 25. 25. Yes. And they were both naked. And they were both naked. The man and his wife. Yes. And were not ashamed. Beautiful. And this is where I said that, okay, if they were both created and they were naked, why were they not ashamed? Because in verse chapter 3, we realize that they became naked. The Bible talks about them being naked again. And at that time, they were ashamed. So what's the difference between the last verse of 22? They were naked, but they couldn't see their physical bodies. They were shrouded in the glory of God. Alright, me. They were what? Shrouded. shrouded in the in the, so they couldn't see black skin, black skin. Alright, so far. They were covered in the light. You want an example of that? The Bible says that, and Jesus went up onto the Mount of Transfiguration, not Transformation. 
And then the Bible says that, and his face was shining. Right? Moses also went up onto the mountain Sinai for 40 days. When he was connected to the presence of God, he couldn't see his body. So, so far as the man and the woman were alive, there was a light around them. When they died in chapter 3, there was no longer any light and they could see flesh. Did they truly die? Yes. Chapter 3. We're almost done. We're almost done. I've given you chapter 4 as an assignment. I'm not going to talk about chapter 4. And there's a question here you asked me in chapter 4. I've answered already. I've answered already. Continue. Chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 1. Yes. Now the serpent was more subtle. Pause. I've already answered this. The serpent was not the snake. The serpent was one of the beasts in the garden. His characteristics, physically or naturally, mapped the characteristics of the deceiver, spiritually. So it was tender. They were a perfect match. That's all. Continue. Than any beast of the field which right. the Lord God had made. Mm -hmm. And he said unto the woman, mm -hmm. Yea, hath God said, mm -hmm. Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Mm -hmm. And the woman said unto the serpent, mm -hmm. We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Mm -hmm. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, mm -hmm. God hath said, mm -hmm. Ye shall not eat of it, mm -hmm. neither shall ye touch it, yes. lest ye die. Verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, mm -hmm. Ye shall not surely die. Ye shall not. The whole reason why we are doing this is because I, when we started our lesson two, I asked the question, the phrase that the devil said, You shall not surely die. I was about to prepare, and then that was the only phrase I was hearing. You shall not surely die. That's the reason why I've been going to the whole of Genesis. Because I'm trying to get you to the point where I'll answer that for you. You shall not surely die. Now, if you read the verse before, right? The Bible said, then the serpent asked, did God say you shouldn't eat of what? Any. Now, let me, let me come back here because we'll be talking about watchfulness. The devil, God is creator. The devil is the created. God is all-knowing, all-powerful, and what? All-present. The devil is not all-knowing. The devil is not all-powerful. The devil is not all-present. Now, let me tell you something here. There are things in the spirit, right? If you have a prophetic eye, or your eye is opened, whether it's from the God side or the enemy side, the side of darkness, you'll be able to see. And that is where, that is the biggest mistake of the 21st century charismatic prophetic church. We define prophecy as being able to see and to hear. But you don't need to know God to be able to see and to hear. That is just information that you pick up. Right? So that is what, what the Bible says in the book of Ephesians. Word of knowledge. Right? And that is how come you can go to circle and you meet someone who will say Hashem or Ho, and they'll tell you the things about your life. It doesn't mean that they are from God. Because the devil is not all-knowing, all-powerful, and all-present. I've me so far. So, 
the devil can see everything that is open up in the realm of the spirit. A prophet or for God can also see the same thing. What makes the spirit of prophecy go far above what a, a, a juju man can say? What, make, what, what makes it different? They can see the things that are in the realm of God. To see in the realm of the spirit, your eye just needs to be opened. I mean, and you can be from God or not from God. But to see something about your life, which is real prophecy, and tell you about it, you must see in the realm of God. Listen to me again. There is a difference, and I'm, I'm intentionally bringing the difference. Everything about your life is not just left in the realm of the spirits. The Bible says that, for I am hid in Christ, and Christ is hid in what? God. You are hid in Christ, and Christ is hid in God. The things and the perfect plans that God has about you, they are hidden in God. They are hidden where? In God. So, if a juju man comes and tells you that your name is Robert, and a prophet also says your name is Robert, and a juju man says that your surname is Boatindua, and the prophet of God says your name is Boating Junior. Many people in the church will say the prophet is fake because he was not accurate. But truth has nothing to do with accuracy. Truth is what? The source. I mean so far. So a prophet can make a mistake in the things that he's saying based on word of knowledge. He can. He can. I mean. That doesn't mean he's fake. And a juju person can say everything and be accurate. That doesn't mean that he's true. I have me so far. I should have me so far. Why? Come in there. It only takes the spirit of God to see. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of Corinthians, chapter 5 or chapter 3. It says that no man can know the mind of a man except what? The spirit of the man. Therefore, no man can know the mind of God except the spirit of God. The only thing that can know the mind of God, the intention of God for you, is the spirit of God. That is hidden in his, in his mind, his purposes, his intention. A Jew person can never do that. So when a Jew man tells you, right, right, I'm using the word Jew man just to mean anyone from the dark side. If they tell you, right, as you, you encounter a Jew man, and he says that in three days you will die, right, he is not telling you what he has seen. He has made a pronouncement. Because the devil is not all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present, he will now begin to work so that it would happen. Add me so far. However, when God says that in three days you will come back to life as when you were dead, God is not going to work things. The Bible says that as he said it, all things will work according to that word. The word of God has the essence to bring life. I think so far. And that is why the Bible says that no word shall return to God void. Because as soon as there is a word, that word, think about that word as a DHL package. 
It is like a delivery driver has called you. Hello, sir, please, have your package. If they say, have your package, if you have made an order, you know what the package is. If a delivery guy calls me and says, have your package, maybe I know that I've ordered pizza man. I'm thinking about them right now. Right? So there's some jollof. Right? That's coming. Maybe if Robert gets, hello, boss, I see your name, Robert, have your package. Robert might know. Maybe it's a Valentine's Day flower that he's trying to make up because he nashed this week. <laughs> so the word is what? Package. We all know what it consists. And that is why the Bible says, even when it talks about healing, right? The Bible says that, and he sent forth his word and he healed them. God didn't run and then come and make you well. But if the devil tells you something evil, the devil begins to run or work it out by the people underneath him to make it happen. So at the end of it, when you see fulfillment, it's not the same. See, if you don't understand what I'm saying here, right? You don't understand when people say, I am going to a juju person for power for money. Or I'm going to a juju person for the power to get a child. You might see it as a man of God has also come to a church and say, next year by this time, we will carry twins. It's not the same as a juju person say that next year by this time, you carry twins. If a juju man says that, right, the devil is not the creator. He's the created. He is not all-knowing. He's not all-powerful. He is not every ever present. If the devil can give you a child, it means that someone lost the child. If the devil can give you money, it means that someone lost the money. God doesn't need someone to lose the money or someone to lose the child for you to get your child. I mean, so you see people who are bereft of knowledge. And then a man of God will come and say that, I can see that God is about to release financial fever. And then they'll say that, see, guys, in the next 72 hours, you are going to get this amount of money in your account. And then you see someone bereft of knowledge saying, hey, accountants in the back, make sure that your books are balanced, you know, because a man of God has given prophecy. He's come to steal the money and put it in the, in the account of his members. That's not the case. That's not the case. The Bible says that he speaks the things that be not as we do it. And I answered by saying that the name of a thing is what? Thing. When God says that have money, so far as God has said it, it will be manifest. Amen. Put your hands together and celebrate the Lord. Okay. I think, I think, I think we should end here, right? Okay, let's, let's try and read briefly. Let's do this. We're almost done, people. We're almost done. We're almost done. <laughs> Where are we? 3 verse 5. Yes. I said it because if you check what the Bible, what, what, what the devil was saying, the devil didn't know all the facts. Right? He didn't know all the facts. So he was getting information based from the woman. And you see, some of the time, right? Most, in fact, most of the time, the information that the devil has about you is based on you. You. You, you, you. I mean, the devil, the devil knows about you because of you. And you see, if I enter there, we'll talk about the ghosts. So let's not go there. Continue. Three verse five. Yes. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Be like God. Is that true? 
No. Is it accurate? Yes. It was accurate. But was it true? No. Because it was the devil that said it. Continue. Be like God, knowing good and evil. Verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. Pause. Says the eye of both of them were what? That's what I'm saying. You don't need to be of God. When their eye opened, it was in disobedience. And their eye opened. The fact that you pray and you see something, it doesn't mean that... <laughs> I don't know how to say it to you. See, the fact that you can tell me, right, that I'm wearing blue-colored underwear, it doesn't mean that you're a sharp prophet. It doesn't mean that. It, it doesn't mean... It doesn't mean... See, let me, let me, let me give you an example. If you check the book of Numbers chapter 7 or 17, one of them, or 13, when he was talking about Balaam and Barak, right? And Balak. One of the introduction that Balaam, he, Balaam, if you, if you want to know the difference, think of Barak, Barack Obama president. That means Balak king. Balaam, think of Malam. There you can. So, Balaam was the spiritual guy. Barak or Balak was the king. Right? When Balaam was introducing himself, he says that I am Balaam, the one whose eye is opened. Find, find that scripture for me. Find that scripture for me. When he was giving that description about himself, he was about to go against the word of God and the will of God. But he says that he was born with an open eye. Apostle says this, if the people in your village that operate the fetish altar of your village, if someone had reached them on time with the word of God and the love of God, they might become prophets in church. It's just that they didn't get someone to intervene early. So they were born with an open eye, but they couldn't operate it in a godly way. Have you found it? Numbers chapter what? Is it Numbers? 22. Numbers chapter 22. Verse what? Okay. You, someone, someone should, okay, when you, when you find it, if someone finds it, they should tell me. He introduced himself as the one whose eye was open. Have you found it? Okay. You don't worry. So, someone should just find it. Um, um, well, find it. Find it for me. Um, man of God, let's go to um, chapter, chapter three. 3 verse 6. Now, there's a reason why I mentioned it here. Now, so you can realize that the Bible says that their eye was opened, right? Mm -hmm. Their eye was what? Open. Mm. But they did it in disobedience. So that is how come there are people who still don't know God and they can still see the things and they can still do spiritual things. On the other side, there are people who still don't know God and they, are, they, they can be the most trusted people you can ever meet. They are the most good people good. There is a story that a man of God gave that he was going on a particular journey 
And then, unfortunately for him, he had actual physical cash, right, in his bag. If you go to the Nigerian airport, there are lots of people that change money there, in the airport and around the airport. Most of them are correct, pure Muslims. And he gave the money. He saw one of the, um, the guys there. And he said, see, I'm traveling. I'll be back in three weeks. I have some money. I don't know what to do. I can't go back and deposit it. I don't have any other family member I can call. You are changing money. I know you sit here. I want to give you this money. Hold it for me. When I come back in three weeks, I'll come and look for you and get my money. And he wrapped it in a particular way and gave it to this Muslim cleric who was changing money. He traveled, went, three weeks, came back. The same way he had folded it, the same thing. He asked the man, do you know what is inside? The man never opened it once. Now, imagine you and me. I'm traveling. They say, oh, my church member, let's go to the airport. Oh, I have plenty of money in my account. Oh, minister of God, church worker, I want to wrap this, give this to you. I'll come back in two days. When I come back from my travel, I'm going to preach and come. Will I get that money? By the time you come back in two days, your church member has opened another branch. <laughs> yes. So you can find people in the church who are morally bankrupt. They know God. And you can find people who don't know God and they are morally upright because their eyes have been opened and they know what's good and evil. Based on this, where did the conscience come from? From the opening of their eye from the tree. Every human being has a conscience. If you just operate by your conscience, right, you, are, you can very, very likely live a very good life. Morally upright life. Ethical life. Where you don't make mistakes. You can. And that doesn't mean that because you see someone who is like that, and then I tell you that, okay, go and preach salvation. You don't say that you are not going to preach. Go and ask the centurion in Acts chapter 8 and chapter 9. He was a morally upright man because his eye has been opened. He knows the difference between good and evil. Yet the Bible says that he still needed salvation. The fact that you are good doesn't mean that you are going to heaven. I want you to sink it in. Listen. The fact that you are what? Good. Doesn't mean you are going to what? The fact that you are what? Good. Doesn't mean you are going to what? Heaven. You can be good and you still end up in hell. You found that scripture. Where is that scripture? Numbers what? 24. Numbers 24 verse 3. Verse 3. It says, Then he took upon his oracle yes. and said, and said, The utterance of Balaam. The utterance of Balaam. The son of Baal. The son of Baal. The utterance of the man whose eyes are opened. The utterance of the man whose eyes open. are open. This was a prophet of God. Yet at the time when he was saying this, he was in complete rebellion and disobedience. Yet he was prophesying accurately. And you think that the fact that you can hear means that everything is alright with you and God. Don't deceive yourself. Are we, are, we, are, we, are, we, are we on the same page? Let's rise up and go home. Is there a question? You have a question. Uh, so ask one or two questions. I'll so, give you an assignment. Chapter 4, you are reading. We've read chapter 5, 1 and 2. Chapter 4, you are reading. Probably chapter 3. Read it also. Yeah.
But I think right now you'll be able to understand, right? Yes. Yes. So ask your question. So when I was reading chapter three, yeah. I mean the the thought I was not trying to understand was, you know, when so when God spoke to Adam, yes, with the male and female yes. at the time, He told them, He told the male and the female mm-hmm. to eat of only the tree that I mean He had permitted them to eat. Yes. At the time, the female component was still in Adam, per that instruction. That's the first the first part. Now. When we start from chapter 3, we see that the serpent was talking to Eve. Yes. I don't know if you have any relation with that one, but the devil begins to talk to Eve throughout the whole time. What's Adam saying? Or where could he have been? And then it gets to the point where now Eve takes the thing and she eats it. And then it says it gives some to her husband to eat. The Bible says that on the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Could we assume that Eve had already begun the death process before Adam? And at that, was, there, was there a time period or it had to be instant only when Adam to ate? Does that? I see your question. So I'll answer it in two ways. Number one. The first one. When God gave the instruction, yes, the spirit of the woman, the, the spirit male and female were together in the man. If we're doing marriage relationship counseling, right, I'll then refer you into the book of Colossians or so. I think it's Colossians. That says that the woman was deceived, right? But the man was disobeyed. I mean, in that, it tells us and gives a room to say that the woman didn't necessarily obey because in that particular scripture, what it's connotes is that she was deceived. So it means that she didn't have all the information right. That's what it connotes. In that case, it was like she did something out of error. The real breaking of God's law came when the man also ate. And this, the reason I'm saying this, and I I, I want to go with that particular analogy, is because of what Romans chapter 5 says. That Romans chapter 5 says that through one man, Death and sin entered into the world. He didn't talk about through Adam and Eve. I guess you mean. So the real trouble was when the man ate. And there's a reason why I'm bringing that in. The reason why I'm bringing that in is because of the word that God gave him before he created a woman. That you are to tend and to keep. The woman, when she came out, was also part of the things that Adam was supposed to tend and to keep. So yes, the communication that came entered into their spirits, man and woman. But the one that physically had it was the man. So and I married this thing, then that's where they begin to talk about the responsibilities of the man as a head and the duties. Because you can't just keep saying that I'm the head of the home. There's a particular duty. The training of the woman and everyone in your household lies in the majority part on the, on the man. Have I answered your question? Do you understand me? So she's trying to, to ask if the part where there was, did it didn't mean that Eve was beginning to die before Adam to be separate from God. So, I think yeah. Okay. So, I've not, I've not answered that part. I wish I can. Okay. 
I wish I can talk about something that you see in the book of Genesis chapter 3. The Bible says, that's finally for me, either from verse 7. The Bible says that when God came into the garden, he says, Adam, where are you? Right? Now, we can understand from Genesis chapter 5 that when God says Adam, he's probably talking about to the both of them. Right? We understand that. Okay? So he's not just talking about the man. But then look at what the Bible says. It says that Adam ran away and his response to God was that what? Which I, verse is that? 10. Verse 10. He says what? I heard your voice in the I garden. I heard your voice in the garden. Mm-hmm. And I was afraid. And I was afraid. Because I was naked. Because I was naked. In the last verse of chapter 2, verse 25, they were, they were ashamed. They were, they were naked, but the Bible said that they were unashamed. And then at this point in verse 10, he said that I was afraid because I was naked. Look at God's response. Who told you that you Pause. were naked? Pause. Listen to it. Let's listen to it. Let it sink in. Let it sink in. Let it sink in. Adam says, I was afraid and I hid because I was naked. What was God's question to him? Who told you? Listen to the question. Your child has come and says that, oh, you can see that your child has paused the TV or something. And then the child has run away. Or you come into the home and then your child says that, oh, mommy, I've Pour the soup that you said I shouldn't, whatever, because I was playing in the kitchen. And the response is, who told you? Let's just think, think again. God's question was what? Who told you? Based on something that God taught me. They became naked exactly the time when Adam said, I was naked. Before God came, they were not. So based on what God taught me, Third, second, third year of Ashesi University, I believe that they died exactly the moment when Adam said it. Because I said, the name of a thing is what? The thing. Assuming God came and says that, Adam, Adam, where are you? And he says that, here I am. I believe, I believe, based on the story of the prodigal son, that God would have wrapped himself around them again. And would have gotten life. I believe. I believe. And that's what this one, this is me. I believe. Because of something that God taught me in third year of investing. I believe. As Adam said, God said, Where are you, Adam? Because didn't God know that they were not around? God is all knowing. All present, all powerful. So why did he ask them, Where are you? As soon as Adam has just come, he says, Father, I'm here. I, I don't know what has happened, but I still I feel like I'm not all right. The Bible says, and when the father saw his son running all the way, he ran and chased after him. And the Bible says, and he fell on his neck. I believe if Adam had just come to God just as he was, God would have fallen on his neck and there would have been a connection again. Death would have been suspended. Uh, the, word, the same word said, when you eat of it, that day you die. Yes. Is, will you go against this word? Yes. And that is why I'm saying, right? That is why I'm saying that there was death and there was the manifestation of death in three different ways. So I'm not, I didn't say that he wouldn't have died. Right? But the manifestation of what happened was when he said it. And so that's what I'm saying that if he had come just as he am, just, just as he was, just as I am, right? 
And then God had hugged him back. Would have averted everything. I mean, it would have been a shorter way to all of that, all of the things. And there's a reason why I'm saying that. There's a reason why I'm saying that. All of this, I'm praising this on what? Word, 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 word. There's a reason. There's a reason. Because after God met our judgments, look at it too. Find a part where it says, and you shall be called Eve. Look at it. In fact, read all the way to that part, then we will end. Read all the way. Verse 14. Verse 14. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Yes. Because you have done this. After this, God started mentioning this based on the fact that Adam says the woman, and the woman says that the snake, right? The serpent. And then God said, Now, based on this, what you are going to hear, I know theoretically or by way of theology, man died and was cursed by the word. I don't believe that God cursed man. I don't believe that God cursed man. The serpent was cursed. The ground was cursed. Man received punishment. I don't believe he was cursed. Because I don't know how God can look at the image and his likeness and then curse that. I don't think it's possible. I know that you tell me that the Bible says that curse is the one that hung on the tree. So because of that curse, our curse has been broken. One of God, ask your question. Um, um, this one. Hadn't he taken on the image and the likeness of the devil after the deception and the disobedience and everything at that point? Did he take on the image of the devil? Hadn't he taken on that image? No. He hadn't? No. He didn't, he didn't ever take the image and the likeness of the devil. He didn't. Then the reason I'm saying that is because of the last verse of chapter 3. So the man never took on the image. But in the corruption process or the manifestation of death, because you are no longer connected to the spirit of God, any other spirit can become connected to your spirit. And that is what we call demonic possession. Are with me? Another spirit can live inside of your spirit and begin to manifest its character. But in the true image of man, man never, man, his, his, his image became corrupted, but he never took on the image of the devil. All right, me. If man took on the image of the devil, then there was no way we could have found righteous people in the timeline of God. All right, me. When people allowed themselves to be surrounded, they couldn't be connected to God anymore. People like Abraham, Noah, Job, they couldn't be connected because if they were connected, that means that they, was, they were deceived, but they, were, they couldn't be saved. All right, me. So because they were influenced, they caught the atmosphere and the nature of heaven. But their, their image was corrupted, but they didn't take on the image of the devil. All right? So let's read, and then we'll, I'm going to say two more things. I promise you, um, when Adam named Eve, and I said I'm going to talk about the last verse of chapter 3. We'll say that. So read from verse 14. Continue. 3 verse 14. Yes. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Yes. Because you have done this, Because you have done this, You are cursed. You are cursed. All cattle. Move on to the to woman. So the serpent was cursed. Mm-hmm. Move on to the next verse one. Verse 16. To verse the woman 16. he said, To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow. I will greatly multiply your sorrow. And one. your conception. Now pause. Then he says, I will, when people read this, they read, I will greatly multiply your sorrow in conception. Yes, That's what definitely. many people would think. <laughs> Listen to what he said, though. I will greatly multiply your what? Your sorrow, sorrow 
and your conception and your conception, conception. yeah he never talked about con- sorrow in conception it's not in it is end so god didn't decide to punish you by giving you labor pains I don't know if you are with me. Yeah, with How many people have ever thought that, yes, eh, we got labor pays after God cares woman? Have you heard that before? Have you heard, eh, yes, I've heard that before. No, I, I think it's the next line. Okay, continue. The next line then says, in pain you shall bring forth children. Yes, but so, he never said that he was going to increase it. That yes. was like already default. That was like it was part of it already. The pain is not a punishment. Is it? Okay, you are coming. You said you ask later. I with me. It says in pain you shall what? You shall bring forth. You shall children. bring forth. But it wasn't like it was a part of the case. It was like it says I'll multiply. So it means that already without the multiplication, there was going to be sorrow. Do you agree with that? Do you agree with that? Because if you don't agree with that, you can't understand what I'm going to say with the verse with the text verse. It says I will greatly multiply. To multiply something, if you multiply any number by zero, is what? So it means that there was some component of sorrow. <laughs> so he just said that I will greatly multiply it. Heard me? And I'll greatly multiply your conception. Without the greatly multiply, was there going to be conception? Yes. Heard me? Then it says that in pain, you can decide to say that, okay, yes, there was an atmosphere. But it was, God didn't think, many people think about, okay, there was now increased pain as as punishment, no. If that's the case, then how can the Hebrew women in the book of Exodus have a different experience? All right, me. How can Mary in a manger without a midwife? All right, me. So there are some things that if you know, you can claim for yourself. You can decide to claim pain-free birth. I know of a cousin. She was cooking this thing, jollof, in the kitchen. And then she started cutting um, um, the thing that looks like banana, what's it called? Plantain. So she cut, she cut, she cut the plantain. And then she told her sister, she told her sister that, oh, come and continue cutting, cutting the thing for me. Say, I'm going out. She entered her car, went straight to the hospital, gave birth, brought the baby home, came to eat the, the food. I know you can have that. So you can decide. And that's why I said that, for me, Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, talk a great deal about the intention of God. When you come to chapter 3, we see certain things that are a little different. Alright me? Continue. Go to the man. Okay, you read. Read because of the pain part. Your desire shall be for your husband. Ah, I wish you can circle this. I wish you can circle this and meditate upon it. If I start talking about it right now, 21st century, Miss Independent Ladies will come after me. <laughs> says your desire if you understand that you are the bride of Christ it means that your desire should be for your husband anything that your desire is for tells you who your husband is continue reading (laughs) and your desire shall be for what if if your desire is for something else I can tell you who your husband is Continue reading. Verse 17. Verse 17. Then to Adam he said. Then to Adam he said. Was there any case there? Continue reading. Because you have heeded the voice of your, your wife. wife? Mm-hmm. 
and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Mm-hmm. Cursed is the ground. What is cursed? The ground. The ground. Not you. Not you. Continue. Cursed is the ground for your sake. Yes. In toil you shall eat of it. Yes. All the days of your life. All the days of your life. Continue. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth yes. for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. Yes. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. Yes. Till you return to the ground. So you return to the ground, yes. For out of it you were taking. Continue. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Continue. Verse 20. Verse 20. And Adam called his wife's name pause. Eve. Pause, 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 pause. You are just standing in front of the headmaster. And the headmaster is blasting everybody. And he's giving everybody in line, in line, in line. And the headmaster just blasts you. And the Bible says, the response of Adam is that he looked at the woman and says, now you shall be called living. Now you shall be called what? Living. What's the, what's the meaning of the word Eve? For you are now the what? The mother. And that is what I'm saying that when Adam saw the effect of death, he started correcting it with his mouth again, with the word that he said. With the word that he said by giving a particular name. He could have just said that, oh, okay, I will just go on our day and you are still called woman. Adam turned to the woman and says, today, I know God says that we are dying. I know. God says that we are dying. I know. God says he shall do this. The ground is scared. The serpent is scared. He turned to her. When they were about to feel the real impact of what is called death, he called her, you are the mother of all living. You are the mother of all living. The name of a thing is what? The thing. If you know what the power of your words capture, be careful the things that you say. Continue on. Just to answer, say, Willie, then we close. 21. 21. Also for Adam and his wife, yes. the Lord God made tunics of skin. Jump to the part that he sacked them. He said, and they said to 20. each other or something. Yeah, 22. Yes. Then the Lord God said, the God behold, God said, the man has become like one of us. Now look, that, that's your question. Did he take on the nature? They didn't. They just confessed in accuracy what the devil said, that you become like God. God is now saying the same thing. Is it accurate? Yes. Is it true? Yes. The devil said the same thing. Was it accurate? Yes. Was it true? No. no. So God said the same thing. They have become like what? Us. Us. To know good, to know good and, and, evil. And, to ev- and to know evil. And that is why I come, right? There's an African project that say, proverb that says that you don't need anyone to teach a child God. You don't, need, you don't need special training to know that there's, an, there's a God hole inside of you. Because you have become like God. Whether you know God or not, you have become like him. To know what good and to know evil. And the power to declare things and to create things with your mouth. Let's rise up on our feet. Does anyone have any other question? One last question. If not, we have, we have ended. One last question. When you get to the book of Genesis chapter 4, you come back and ask me, who is the wife of Cain? When Cain said that, I'm going away from the earth, anyone who finds me shall kill him. You are going to ask me, what are the people that are going to kill Cain? That should answer me. You ask that question. Are you going to ask me that question now? I have a different question. Okay, wait, let me finish what I'm saying. The answer is in Genesis chapter 4. And it's also in Genesis chapter 5. So go and read Genesis chapter 5. There's one verse in the, I believe, verse 8. 
verse 8, or verse 28, one of them, I think verse 8, it says that, and Adam bore several, what, sons and daughters. If we don't know if um, King was the firstborn of Adam, what we know is that Cain is the first Boy. male child of Adam. Okay, so go and read about it. <laughs> we don't know if Abel was the second child of Adam and Eve. We know that Abel was the what? Second male, male. child. We don't know that Seth is the third child of Adam. But we know that Seth is what? The third male child of Adam. It doesn't mean that Seth was the last born of Adam. So, the question to your answer, your, your answer to your question that you asked me, where did those people come from at the time? If you check how old Adam lived and how old, let's use even you, Seth. It meant that if these two people were living in the same time space, assuming that they had more than one child, there would have been already a family. Based on what some people have calculated, the family of um, Adam and Eve at the time were they made up of almost, if not more, than 3,200 people. All right, me so far. By the time that Adam died, if, I, if I'm not even mistaken, I think it's 32,000. All right, me. So at that time, because there were no other people there, they could have been marrying and intermarrying. It was in the book of Numbers that God prohibited interfamily marriage. But where did the wife of Adam come from? It could have been a cousin, it could have been a sister, it could have been a nephew, it could have been a niece, not nephew. <laughs> I mean, because in the time frame there was a lot of people because the Bible, if you check the verse 4 right, the Bible says that when Cain left the presence of God, he went to build a city he don't build a city by one man by one man, and then one of the things that you see in the chapter 4 is that when anybody sees me they would want to hurt me because it was a family affair so the other family members will know that you have killed one member of ours, they will take vengeance on him, it was a family thing so there was a possibility of inter-family marriages or intra-family marriages. There's a possibility. I know that some people will say that Adam was not the only child. The question that he raised, that when God created Adam and God created Eve, God went back and created other human beings. I don't believe that's the case. Right? That is not the case. Are you with me? Okay. You still have a question. I've answered you. I want you to say thank you to God. We today we've crossed over 12, so let's end. Say thank you to God. Thank you for your word. Give me the spirit of understanding. Give me the spirit of truth. Give me the spirit of counsel. Just speak, just speak to God right now. Thank you, Jesus. And most importantly, ask God to make you watchful. Amen. Ask God to make you watchful. Make, ask God to make you watchful over the words that you, that you produce. The words that come out of your mouth. See, words are so important that the Bible says that on the last day, in the day of judgment, says we shall account for every word. Because every word that comes out of your, of your mouth is a package. What is the content of that package? 
And that's why James can see that you cannot bless from the same cistern or fountain and also curse from the same fountain. It's not possible. For bitter streams cannot flow from the same source as sweet waters. You cannot. And then the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that anyone who loves the power of the tongue, he shall eat of the fruits. For life and death sit on it. Life and death sit on it. Today, I want you to understand, out of all the things I've done, is that be careful with the things you see. As the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, that by faith we understand that the wells were free. I want you to take advantage in this season of watchfulness to begin to also frame your world by the words that you speak. Amen. Frame your career by the words you speak. Frame your financial status by the words you speak. Yes. Frame your work with God by the words that you speak. Yes, For Lord. Jesus said in the book of John chapter 6, I believe verse 63 or so, says the words yes, that I, I speak, speak to you. They are spirit, spirit and they are life. Father, thank you for hearing us and for answering us in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together and celebrate Amen. the Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you were blessed by this message, share it with someone so they can be blessed too. We look forward to fellowshipping with you next time at Zion Impact Ministries.